Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Jason Powers. It's December 22nd, uh, 2023. And um, we're 319 days until November 5th, uh, the election day of 2024. That's why the podcast is named the way it is. Excuse me. So uh, there's a lot to to say um i think the thing is is as much as i can say it there's other people who are saying it and um matter of fact i just got like this two minutes hopefully you can hear it off my computer which we'll we'll see if you can or not uh but i'll i'm gonna play it i got it up as loud as i can and uh it's only like i said about two minutes and it's from uh uh sticks hex and hammer um some people probably have listened to him before. He's not, you know, like I said, he's not a, you know, I'm not aligned with him on everything or very many things. And, but I am aligned on him on his, uh, thought processes on, on many things. So I'm going to let him talk for a couple minutes and then, or about two and a half minutes. And then, uh, we'll go from there. Hopefully you can hear it. So I'm going to turn the mic here. I don't know if you can hear any of that, <clears throat> um, but the quick summary is: is uh, anything that terrifies uh, the people in Washington D.C. as much as it does with a a Donald Trump a Donald Trump presidency can't be as uh, terrible as what these people have in store for you, and that is actually true. Um, they're terrified, and they've been trying to set up all the gaslighting and all the, oh, if he comes back, he'll be a dictator, this, that. Actually, you know, he's going to have to do things that I think are going to be un, unpopular as all hell, are going to seem draconian, extrajudicial. But you're dealing with a, a viper's nest of gutter snipes. And I don't even think he is even... Um, of the mind to do stuff as as much as any people have in the past. I know lots of people despise Lincoln for the things he did, despise FDR for the things he did. I'm not saying that they were right for doing what they did. Um, 
when you're in an unprecedented, this is unprecedented just about. Um, we've never had this in this country's history where um, an apparatus in D.C. has, and at the state level, including Colorado and New York and Florida, all the various Georgia that have uh, launched these cases with Soros-backed uh, uh, DAs and prosecutors and people like Jack Smith, who, you know, come, you know, comes from the international criminal court um, circuit and is known for his, you know, lack of any uh, concept of what justice is. Um, <clears throat> and of course, that's the reason why Biden has him and the rest of them and the Merrick Garland's and the Lisa Monaco's and the Vanita Gupta's and the Pamela Carlin's and the Kristen Clark's, all these people that work in the DOJ. That's who I just named off. All these people work. They're all radicals. They're all, uh, they hate Americans. They hate, they hate concept. They hate anybody who has any concept of what actually America is. That actually there is a supposed to be a balance in this country. There's supposed to be an idea for rights and liberty, and it's supposed to be about quality. It's not about getting everybody up equal portion, uh, exactly an equal portion, the communistic uh, viewpoint that everybody is exactly the same. No, we are not the same. All of us are very different people. Every last single one of us is a very different person from each other. We're different entities. We're different individuals. We each want things. We want. We would like to collaborate together if we can, and we should, but unfortunately we have so many people who are just dogmatic to the point of you cannot talk to them about anything without them getting upset. And many of that is because they've been propagandized, mistrained, unaware, uneducated, or overeducated, as the case may be. I mean, there's a time in my life that I thought education was such a wonderful thing. Uh, that I should seek more. As a matter of fact, I did seek more. I, I would, I would, uh, I will tell you that, that I think that it's a failure. Um, not that there aren't educational programs that are uh, educational programs that are well designed and narrowly defined for what they're supposed to be doing, and are uh, introduce you to a host of good ideas, a host of ideas, and you read and you understand and you understand the the people behind the ideas and understand where they came from and who they are because some ideas come out of very bad a bad wellspring of of uh thinking or um uh bad behaviors and you should take that exactly the way you should take that you know i mean i don't expect people to cotton to my ideas given where my my uh uh you know my trek has uh, taken me but at the at the very least though everybody's going to have to uh come to the conclusion that things are not being done correctly and that's you know that's inevitable that's true it's easy to see that like um he just mentioned uh sticks did that uh, this is not the way this country is supposed to operate. The people who think they have seized power, which they did seize power in 2020, and actually they've been seizing power from um, even underneath Trump's administration and people try to hold Trump. Here's the thing. When Trump was in office in 2017, 2018, 2019, everybody was complaining about him not being able to get things accomplished. Well, he couldn't get things accomplished because he had people who were actually – uh, doing everything they can to be um, dragging their heels, uh, avoiding uh, his request, disobeying orders directly. And, of course, people say, well, why didn't he do something about it? It's like, exactly. Everybody wants him to do something about it, but then they say, no, 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 you can't do that. You couldn't even, he couldn't even fire his own, uh, uh, fire a guy who wanted a, a muller. He couldn't even get rid of people without getting investigated for it. And then having all the powers to be all the congressional powers and all these people. It's amazing how things got it got done right away to, to, to try to do that. And we had to go through two years of fake investigations and have everybody all, all up in arms. 
and then shut down the government. He couldn't get a wall built. They said, well, you couldn't get a wall built. It didn't matter what he did. It couldn't matter if he if he funded it or not funded it. People would drag their heels and didn't want to do their job right. And, and they, they, they made a big deal. Think of how little it costs to build that wall actually now in relationship to the amount of money that they're throwing into Ukraine, um, which uh, they want more money in Ukraine. Ukrainians want to die more. I mean, there are people who, who uh, you know, they put, they've already rolled out a new theory. They said, oh, if Putin gets Ukraine, he's going to get all these other countries. It's like, okay, well, you know what? This domino theory, which has been rolled out before, you know, uh, you know, it's the, the slippery slope argument, the domino theory, the, the same thing. If you get rid of one country, it'll go after all the other countries. Well, hmm. imagine that. Imagine why even that could even be possible. Because you've done such a horrible job in a geopolitical term, you know, geopolitics is a very real thing and you need to be paying attention to it. And we haven't been doing that as a country. We've been just atrophied as, as a total co uh, nation as to understanding how the world works and understanding how uh, other actors, bad actors, even bad actors have to be dealt with. And bad actors have to sometimes be dealt with in a way that lots of us don't really want to like. But unfortunately, it's there's there's various outcomes that come with that. And you want to get the best outcome from the worst circumstances. And the best outcome sometimes isn't something that you would love to take, but you take that outcome because it's a much better place to be at. And by the way, you don't know what the future holds. You don't know if that guy's going to be around and 10 years, five years, and then, and, and when the next person comes along, and of course, there's always going to be people that you're going to have to deal with that you don't like. And, you know, there's also people that you don't have to negotiate with. Maybe that's a reason why you should stay out of a certain country's businesses for a, for a long time. And of course, that pisses off other people. And you say, look, we're not in the business of activist policy. Matter of fact, I was just reading something today and it, it just triggered the shit out of me. This is from the CIA, by the way. This is a guy who wrote up a, an analysis manual that w is a highly, uh, his name is Richard Hearer. I, I can't think of his, uh, I'd have to, let me uh, go back to the title page here. Uh, yeah, Richard uh, Hearer, H-E-U-E-R, Jr. Richards, Richards J. Heward. So anyway, he's lauded and praised for this, you know, this manual of his. And uh, many people liked him for it and all this other kind of stuff. And anyway, um, there was a part in it and it was just uh, it, it, the idea of this manual is to talk about thinking and how to get to situational logic and, and all this other stuff, all these various ways. There was this paragraph here that, uh, uh, well, actually two paragraphs or so. And he was talking about the, the long term, uh, how uh, they look at things, comparisons with historical situations is, is, uh, was the, the sections on. So he, he talked about the United States here. And I'm going to read these paragraphs because it's very important because this is about geopolitics. He says, in a short book that ought to be familiar to all intelligence analysts, Ernest May traced the impact of historical, uh, historical analogies on U.S. foreign policy. He found that because of reasoning by analogy, U.S. policymakers tend to be one generation behind determined to avoid the mistakes of the previous generation. They pursued the policies that would have been most appropriate in a historical situation, but are not necessarily well adapted to the current one. Policymakers in the 1930, for instance, viewed the international situation as analogous to that before World War I. Consequently, they followed a policy of isolation that would have been appropriate for the preventing of American involvement in the First World War, but failed to prevent the Second. Communist aggression after World War II was seen as analogous to Nazi aggression, leading to a policy of containment that could have prevented World War II. More recently, the Vietnam analogy has been used repeatedly over many years to argue against a activist U.S. foreign policy. For Use that. Just remember that. Activist U.S. foreign policy. For example, some use the Vietnam analogy to argue against U.S. participation in the Gulf War a flawed strategy or flawed analogy, sorry, because the operating train over which battles were fought was completely different in Kuwait and Iraq and much more in our favor, uh, much more in our favor there as compared with Vietnam, unquote. So there again, you have this, this idea that 
because the 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 strategy or they say the the a flawed analogy uh, about activists activists U.S. foreign policy. That's what triggered me because this is the problem. Our job as a country is not about being activists overseas or even domestically. This activist concept. Uh, you know, I know people say, well, we take actions. Yes, we all take actions. Activist means you're intentionally steering things constantly, and it, it makes for a messy, uh, unwieldy, and usually there's no motive, no end point. There's no end point. It's just a constant, this is what communists love, constant struggle, constant uh, antagonism, chaos. And this this kind of uh, mentality that's written in here as far as this activism. So, oh, so, you know, it says, oh, it's a flawed analogy. It's not like Vietnam. So what did we do? We got ourselves involved in Iraq. We got ourselves involved in Afghanistan. And what did we do? We spent 20 fucking years in those places. I mean, at least in uh, Afghanistan, you spent 20 fucking years there. Uh, and, and look at the debacle. And it ended in the exact same outcome as Vietnam. When I say exact same, literally the pictures were the same. You had a helicopter at the end. You had people jumping on the airplanes and falling off the wheels. And we saw all the crazy video out of uh, Afghanistan at the very end. We had 13 Americans get uh, killed there at the very end. Um, it, it, an absolute shit show. And it, it was it, the same look, uh, the same uh, defeat that took place at the very end and, and, and the Biden administration tries to shuffle it off on Trump. It's like, no, 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 you're in charge of foreign policy for the last eight months. You can sit there and complain and whine about agreements and everything else. You can make your own fucking agreement. You made your own, your own agreement about the, the U S border. You, you killed off all the, the containment policies that Trump had. You reversed it through executive order. You could, you're the commander in chief overseas. You can do whatever. You can literally have almost unlimited, un, unlimited power when it comes to making foreign policy, especially when it has to do with anything militaristic. So this whole bullshit that they try to pander off on the United States or the the United States people about uh, uh, the prior guy handcuffed me. Bullshit. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Especially considering, considering Joe Biden voted for the Afghanistan war, voted for the Iraq war, and was in was vice president during eight years of this son of a bitch before he even got back in office to fuck it all up again. So I don't want to hear anybody. There's this is this is why I'm getting agitated about this because there's many people who are just so so retarded about this whole situation. I hate to call them retarded, but they seem to think that. Uh, They've been taught through the media that, you know, they, they, they love to allow for people to blame shift, to shift blame off themselves to other administrations or other policies when they are in charge. You are responsible for that action, deed. And moreover, in somebody like his case, he's been in policy Initiatives. He was on. The, he was on foreign relations. He's been involved with it. He was been going. He's been involved with all this stuff going back to the 1970s. For him to do any kind of deflection, and he does it all the time. And of course, he's retarded. He's he, he's he's demented. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he, but his old everybody he hired is either a, a, a former Obama stooge or uh, uh, they're just long term hacks that have been. Uh, been in Washington, D.C. for the last 25 or 35 years. That's just the truth, you know. There, there's no, uh, they got rid of everybody that, uh, you know, the prior administration had in any way or capacity. I bet you if you go back through, I bet you if you look through the administrative straight not right now, there's less than 5% of them are, are, are Trump uh, uh, employees, if that. I'd be guessing, but that I would suggest to you that most of these people are gone. So that tells you that it has nothing to do with anything that Trump has done. It has nothing to do with anybody blocking anything that the Biden administration wants to do because they've been pushing all kinds of DEI and everything else and poisoning this country's well down to every last single person they can get their hands on. 
and they've allowed everything to go absolutely to hell. So here's the thing with them trying to use the insurrection, which is just an, it's a red hair. It's, it's a false analogy. It's, it's just everything. Everything's wrong with the, 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 the Colorado Supreme court. Uh, that whole ruling is based on bullshit. He hasn't even been convicted of anything. So you can't use that anyway, to begin with, uh, you'd have to be convicted of insurrection and he has never been charged with it. So therefore, they are even basing it upon something that is written into a, a, a amendment, the 14th. Let me go ahead and see if I'll even pull this up because while I'm talking about it, it might as well just read what what that what the amendment actually states about uh, um, about this insurrection. The thing that these people have uh, decided that is so important to uh, uh, to latch on to in terms of, uh, let's see if I can actually get the whole damn thing. One of the things is, okay, so let's see if I get this. So section three, no person shall be a senator or representative. This is section three. So no person shall be a senator or representative of Congress or elector or, uh, or elector, a president or an vice president or hold any office civil or military under the United States or under any state who have previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or any member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, may by vote of two thirds of each, uh, each house remove such a disability. So, but the thing is, is you have to, pr- is, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion. The thing is, is that that is a key phrase there, but you have to, in order for there has to be an actual charge of insurrection or rebellion. And moreover, that is such a, uh, a high bar that they didn't clear it, even come close to clearing it. You know, they've never charged him with that. And Congress didn't impeach him real on, even on that. So even they didn't set up the, the, the run the gamut there. And moreover, they, they, this is all just a, a fraudulent way to, to push a narrative so that the people will swallow it because there are people out there that will swallow anything because they're hell-bent on getting revenge and they're scared shitless of Trumpy, Trumpism and orange. They have orange man bad on the brain and they have Trump derangementism. Do I think Trump is great at everything he did? Hell no. That's not the point. There's been presidents before that I've actually found absolutely despicable on many things that they did. Obama, Bush, Clinton. You know, there was a time when I was a kid that I didn't didn't care for Reagan either, and I was a, a minor. So I, you know, what did I know? You know, you can go back through the historical record and find all kinds of things that presidents have signed off on. But also, there's many times when they're just making a deal or they're trying to get something accomplished, or they may have gotten one thing while they gave up more than what they should have. And of course, they can't make everybody happy because no one, it's, as they've always said, it's about pleasing the mob. And most of the mob doesn't even know what they're upset about. And they don't even understand what the policy is because in many respects, the problem is, is we don't have good discourse in this country. The problem with, a democratic republic, or the problem is, is a well-informed populace. And you know what a well-informed populace takes? A good media. You know what happens when you don't have a good media environment? Like uh, Julian Assange says, you have a host of people that do not understand what's going on. They don't pay attention to the right things. The, the arguments are not focused. The people who are supposed to be uh, debating and, and presenting these ideas are supposed to do it, do it with good, in good faith. They aren't. We know the media is that they're propagandizing everybody. They're lying to everybody. They, they gaslight these people. They tell them things, they, they tell, they piss on their head and, and tell them it's raining. They're not telling them the truth. They're not telling them the truth about economics. They're not telling them the truth about the debt. They're not telling them the truth about their congressmen on either side. The idea is supposed to, you're supposed to hold everybody accountable. 
not just the party that you despise. But of course, that's what the media has become. They're, they're, they're partisans. They're activists, as they call themselves. They think activist journalism, just like activist foreign policy. It's the same garbage. It's actually the same trash. The activist foreign policy is what's got us into this trouble, too, with overseas wars and killing people and and uh, backing certain countries and certain uh, players in certain areas for no good reason because it doesn't end up well for us. It's not helping this country. It's never about helping this country. It's about gutting this country. It, it makes us look weak, and we know we're being made to look absolutely appalling on the world stage, and this is my intent. The idea is to destroy this country's reputation, destroy this authority, and it's being run by people who are absolute parasites. They do not care about anything you do. These people are psychopaths. Biden has always been a psychopath. He's always been an a-hole. He was just a low-profile a-hole for most of your life because he was a senator from Delaware and, and people thought he was a low-IQ retard. Hell, Johnny Carson, for fuck's sake, thought that back in uh, in the 80s. He did a fucking whole bit on his little stupid ass. I'd have to go look at, look at it, look it up, I'm pretty sure, on YouTube here, <laughs> of all places. I would look on Rumble, but it, Rumble has such a poor search, or, search engine, and of course it doesn't have nearly the... Um, the catalog, back catalog to uh, um, define this. So let me see if I can find a, a clip that has this. Uh, just put Johnny Carson, Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden joke, nineteen eighty seven. It's only forty seconds. See if I can uh, get this up to uh, volume. Hold on a second. I have to uh, wait for this commercial here. And it, that's the thing that YouTube has done now. They just turned everything into a commercial uh, because they're trying to make money, of course. But, you know, let's see if I can get this up high enough. Um, hold on a second here. Uh, I know my last one will, will, will last a little bit. We'll see if we get this. So did you get that? So, yeah, you know, Biden was caught plagiarizing his speech from an English guy and then plagiarized it from uh, John F. Kennedy. And then and then Johnny adds on the tagline, you have nothing to fear but fear itself from uh, FDR. Because that's what Joe Biden is. He's just, He's been a theft. He's always been a con artist. And the everybody say, well, Trump is too. Trump is this. They did do the deflection. Anybody who has to constantly deflect to the other guy instead of dealing with the, you know, the, the subject matter at hand. But if you want to go down that road, do I think Trump, Trump is a marketer? Trump is merely a marketer. That's what his job is. All his branding and marketing, that's what he was. That's what a businessman does. Yes, his name's on buildings. Yes, he was involved in real estate. Yes, he's involved in construction. Yes, he's involved in lots of things. Um that's how I got his wealth. And do I think that his personal life has been all above board and he's been a, a, a saint? Hell no. Hell no. For anybody who thinks otherwise, no. I don't think that. Do I think he's the, the right has the right moral stuff uh, to be in office? Well, you know, I don't think that if you go back and look at Bobby Kennedy, JFK, or JFK, not Bobby, um, you would find that he's all was always on the up and up. I think if you go back through a whole host of people who have been the presence of the United States, you'd find that many of them are uh, had a had moral lapses and did things that they, you know, even Lincoln, his his wife had issues, and we don't know how much of that was driven. And it, that was eighteen sixty, so you know he didn't have a whole lot of uh, ability to to help his wife with her depressions and whatnot. And he had a whole whole host of other things to worry about than what his wife was up to. Sad to say, but that's the truth. Every 
every president has, I mean, FDR, Eleanor, there's another, the whole other case, Eleanor Roosevelt and her, uh, her proclivities and uh, FDR's uh, dalliances and his, uh, his uh, affairs that he had an affair that he had in a visit of some lady down in Georgia, you know, and he was in a wheelchair for F sake. So this whole idea that you can, uh, I was down in Hot Springs, Georgia, as a matter of fact, I think is the, the town that he, I forget the name, lady, name of the lady, and it really doesn't matter. The whole point is, is if you're expecting all these presidents to be, I mean, uh, I, I, that's why I always didn't didn't care too much at the time about uh, Clinton. And I thought that the, the Republicans overshot their wad about his whole dalliances. Did I want him to be messing around in the White House? Hell no. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, you know, at that time frame, I thought, well, you know, here's the thing. If she didn't raise the, the alarm, then why are we bothering with this stuff? But of course, you know, um, oh, by the way, Monica Lewinsky had a prior affair when she was in college with a professor. So she had a, she had a history of behavior too. This isn't to say that Clinton isn't a scumbag. He's an absolute scumbag because of the Jeps Epstein thing. But at that time in the nineties, uh, and we knew he had problems with other Monica, uh, Jennifer Flowers, and um, um, I forget, to, I, I can't remember her name. I, uh, she's on uh, Twitter all the time. Uh, 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 Nita Broad, uh, Broderick. I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not giving him a free pass at all. That is a whole other different scenario. But I notice, I notice often that all these people, uh, that especially the ones that want to moralize, are unprincipled as hell, and the Clintons are, are part and parcel that an entire crowd, especially when the Clintons uh, hire people like Mark Elias. I interacted with that clown today. He's uh, Perkins Coy. He's did all the elections interference cases and whatnot, but he's also, uh, he's always piping up. And uh, <clears throat> so he was one of the Clintons minions. And of course, all these cases that are going up against Trump are usually involving Soros backed uh, uh, you know, people. And of course, George Soros is a very close friend of the Clintons going back a long time. Uh, George Soros and Hillary Clinton were chummy back when she was a U.S. Senator. So don't think that that isn't involved or situated in this, that this is always usually using go-betweens go and all these people are just, uh, they're, they're, they're just political power-hungry fools and they don't care who they destroy in order to get what they want. Because all it is is about power at this point. It's all this is is about power. Do I think Trump is the the uh, like I said beyond moral reproach? No, I think he's more like Batman, and Batman is a, 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 a and that's just using him as an analogy. But he's also a symbol for us uh, as a people. Uh, we are flawed people. We have our issues. But we do. We should know what justice is. Do we? Do I? Do I think that vigilante justice is uh, is the way to go? Uh, well, I would say no. But when you're dealing with a corrupt system where you can't get anything accomplished because of the way things are, if you ever have the opportunity to get any kind of justice sought, you do it the way you best, the only way you can, and the uh, the tools and the mechanisms are going to be or be defined by, um, and they have to be defined in a way that you can live with. And you're going to have to ex accept that uh, people are going to have to get their hands dirty. And of course, that's the reason why these people squawk and scream so much about uh, dictator this, dictator, he's going to be a dictator. And he said, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. And Trump walked right into that. That was, that was his Trump doesn't know how to present his arguments at ever at all, but that's a whole other uh, bag of tricks. But the whole, this whole concept, and I'm going to have to quiet down here because I got people walking around, but uh, nevertheless, you know, we're dealing with a, a time frame where we're going to have to pay attention uh, much closer to how we're going to have a, a country continue on. And we don't have a, you know, these, uh, the reason why it's only, I think we're down to the, this election is because whatever the outcome of this election is going to be, it's going to be explosive. Assuming we get to the election, 
assuming everybody gets to the election in one piece. Um, one of the things that Trump had uh, is going to have to do, he's going to have to step outside his comfort zone. And that means he needs, I, I've said this before, he may have to go to the inner cities. You're going to have to go places that you don't normally go and talk to people that you don't normally talk to. And you're going to have to try to work because the idea is to increase your popularity and also increase and increase your palatability with people who probably have spent the last seven years or eight years now getting propagandized by a media who's demonized everything you've tried to say and do. If you want to get your message out, you have to do it. Your, you have to do it in a way at a local level where people actually can see it and hear it for themselves. And he needs to add that message crafted well by people who are supposed to be in his communications block. Um, and it shouldn't be substantially different from everything he normally says, but it needs to be crafted because link language matters and, and words choice matters and everything like that does. But of course people are worried, Oh, well, you know, they'll take pot shots at, him. you know, they're already taking shots at you. They're already taking metaphorical and the, and the physical can come a lot, come, come about. I understand that. I understand that there's risk. <laughs> well, there's risk involved with everything. You can minimize it. That doesn't mean you, you can avoid all risk, especially if like, for example, you want to save your country or save your Republic. You can't just sit here and say, Oh, I won't sacrifice that. I just can't do that. I just can't go to that level. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're already being, you know, vilified and demonized and, and chances are facing a prison time. If, if, if these people get what they want, uh, you might as well get your message out there while you still can. And you need to hit as many people as possible with it. And there's many places that aren't going to get any of that message because they just aren't. So, you know, you have to take what you can get and accept, you know, you know, the outcomes that could possibly come with that. He has a security team. He has people that can watch his back. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't unusual. There's other candidates have managed it. There's other candidates that have faced that kind of crisis too. There's other candidates who unfortunately have perished, but due to that fact, um, but you know, the whole point of having a, a security team is they're supposed to be able to handle that situation and they're supposed to be able to minimize those uh, situations uh, as best as problem. You're going to have to take those risks. That's my estimation. And, and, and like I said, he need uh, if ever anybody at his late stage of life needs to um, readapt themselves, repackage themselves, rebrand themselves in certain ways, not entirely, but the idea of uh, being um, a bigger person. I don't know if that's in his wheelhouse. I don't think I don't know if it's in his intellectual makeup or his such as it is or his moral makeup. But he better he better get himself very comfortable with dealing with that concept, and uh, uh, evidently, um, so it was an article on one of these uh, websites talking about it was Tucker was having a conversation with Dan Bongino, and the idea was that uh, uh, matter of fact I'll I'll put a link to it, uh, but it was yeah it's a gateway pundit. And let me uh, see if I can, maybe there's an actual video that goes along with it. Maybe you can hear it. Maybe you can't. We'll find out here in a second. It was just, uh, so it was Vigilante Fox with Tucker Carlson and issues major warning. And he was, he was talking about the idea that there's a potentiality for uh, assassination um, and what they're afraid of with uh, him. Let's see if I can, uh, we'll see. We'll see. See, so this is Tucker on Dan Bongino. Let's see if this plays loud enough that you can uh, hear it. We'll find out. So look.
yeah, he, so they discussed assassination there and, you know, and he just mentioned Japan. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a name that we've uh, already forgotten about. That's from 2022, uh, Shinzo Abe. So he was taken out in Japan. One of the most, uh, he, he was the, considered the JFK of his country or considered certainly, um, his popularity had been very high. He'd been, I think he, I think he was prime minister multiple times in Japan, which is not always uh, possible, but he had been in the top, top tier of Japanese politics, at least since the mid two thousands, at least from what I can remember. Um, I think he was actually prime minister when I took a Japanese uh, re-east Asian politics course back in uh, 2012, you know, to, you know, what I'm getting at is, is that this, uh, this idea that you can avoid, you're going to, you know, these people are going to take every step possible and yeah, you can go ahead and lay down and that's what they want. They want us to lay down. Not only, not only Trump as a, he's just a symbol of, of, uh, populism, MAGA, you know, he is a symbol at this point for us, um, that doesn't mean that he represents all of us well. It doesn't mean that many of people, there are people that consider themselves, you know, very hardcore American patriots that do not like him in the least bit. I understand that. You're never going to get everybody on board. But I will say this. You better get on board with the fact that you're in the midst of a war. We've been in the midst of a war for several years now. Uh, the The official start of this, probably uh, we've been under attack for decades uh you know is subtle encroachable and in, in our people in our like you said the professional class the people who are in washington dc who are class conscious that think that they're set apart from you and don't care about you they've been at war with you you know for decades but the official war as far as we should you can mark it, demarcate it in terms of what happened to this country started in the Ides of March of 2020 when, and this is, this is on Trump and Trump better needs to own up to this. And I wish he would, but he doesn't understand this and his communications people do not understand how to do this. And there is a way to do it without any problem. And they could do it. It could done, be done in, it could be done in three or four sentences. He should say, if I had it to do over again, I would have not have declared a national emergency. I would have stuck to my guns and said, we can ride out through this crisis. Um, and I would have said, people, handle your situation. We will make sure we provide the best uh, uh, available uh, medical care uh, to our older citizens, and we will focus on them. For the rest of you who are younger, who feel that your immune systems work, Continue business as normal. As a matter of fact, do everything you can to help those older citizens. If he'd have done something like that, if he'd have done that, we would have been in much better shape because that was a test. And that was a test from China. China put us through that. China put the whole Western world through that. China is responsible for that. Well, Xi Jinping and the Chinese economy, they were testing the, the nature of Western society. And they succeeded. They broke us down. They broke down everybody. They broke down everybody across Europe. And that was exactly what, it wasn't just China that was involved with it. It was a WEF, the World Economic Forum. They rolled out their massive agenda, the Great Reset, the Build Back Better. All of a sudden, they, they rolled out all this propaganda. That tells you everything about what they thought of the virus. The virus was an opportunity. It was They wanted a crisis. They wanted a crisis. They wanted to destabilize this country. That was a color revolution tactic, a technique. Uh, rolled out military-grade propaganda. I don't know if Trump was involved in it at a lower, uh, higher level. I don't think so. I think they they just they knew what they had with him, and they knew how to uh, push his buttons because he's a germaphobe in, in and of himself, and he didn't know. He, he really didn't understand the game he was playing. And I, I, I don't know if he still does. And, and the thing is, is then there's, you know, who else? 
I know there's people out there really despise him. Um, and I've listened to their podcast and that, but I also think they're radical now and I'll use his name and I'm not going to get into what he thinks, how he presents himself because I know he's smart, but I also know he has a dark side. I can tell that it's Dr. Shiva. Like I said, I don't, I'm not going to criticize him. I'm just going to say for those who have listened to him, yes, he can make a lot of sense. Yes, I I do concur that there is a certain uh, um, theory that he's working, which I can I can understand how it operates. Uh, that being said, and I you know I'll leave it up to you to to dissect his uh, his theory, and he you know he has his absolute despisal of certain folks that are in this political uh, diorama. But of course, he's running for president, so he has his uh, reason for that. Uh, uh, obviously and, and he may not be wrong. And he says, yes, we need a grassroots campaign. Correct. We do. We do need a grassroots. We need all of this to be grassroots. We still have to have somebody who's popular enough that people will elect. That's just reality, unfortunately. And I don't think that the president, but the president does hold enormous power and he is the only person who can actually shut down the military industrial complex as we see it. So you can't have somebody who, who is manipulate, uh, manipulated to such a degree to push certain things. We have to protect this country. Um, even if we have to do things that we don't want to with our certain allies, well, you know what? Um, there are certain allies that aren't allies, they're enemies, to be frank about it. And we don't know who they are. And I certainly, or when I say I don't know who they are, if you look at Europe, a lot of these people, they're just working for the globalist agenda. And I don't put them on a very high pedestal right now. Uh, as long as they're run by the leaders they have, it's very difficult to do anything for their people. If their people won't topple their own governments, if they won't get rid of the Macrons of the world, they won't get rid of Schultz, won't get, and, and, and I understand those things are difficult, but they're going to have to do it. Poland, Matter of fact, I'm going to end this podcast here. So Poland to, uh, just reinstalled a Euro, a Euro puppet, a Euro, you know, he was the former European president. He'd been the former prime minister. Uh, they reinstalled this guy and they just the other day just decided to take down the public uh, access, their media, uh, public broadcasting. So they went after a couple stations that weren't, uh, quote unquote, to towing the line when it comes to messaging. So they're already doing that, you know, in Poland. So what does that tell you? They're rolling back to going back to Soviet Union style bullshit, censorship, uh, you know, cutting off access to media. Uh, you know, that's coming from a guy that just put in uh, put in place because he managed to get voted back in because we have too many people who are more interested in getting money than they are in, in actually saving their own uh, freedoms because they're. I mean, that's, they know they can do that to you, by the way, they know they can, they can blackmail you with money or gray mail you or, or they, they say, well, if you want, if you just go along with the program, we'll make sure you get your extra money. Otherwise, you know, well, you're not going to eat, but yeah, maybe you can keep your tongue wagging. You know, I mean, you talk about coercive behaviors. That's what these people want. They want to coerce this entire world into falling on their knees all i know is people like trump he better he better get himself real straight real quick um and i like i said i i only see him as the best of bad options <laughs> i really do that's the sad thing because there is no other nikki neil nick nikki neil bomb and Ron DeSantis, they're just they're just not it they're they're just they're just puppets and shills and they'll do whatever the globalists tell them to do. And uh, Vivek, you know, I've seen his background in history. He's a smooth talking Obama type. Uh, I listen. Yeah, I can listen to him, but he's smart and he knows how to wiggle his way in and out of things. So I don't have a, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm on, on very, and then beyond that, like I said, you got Shiva and then you got Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy, he waffles on everything, and he hasn't been consistent, and he doesn't know what he, – he seriously doesn't have a, a message that is – you know, he doesn't 
yeah, he just doesn't come across well. Yeah, from the last, the thing is, is he, he he's just yeah, he's stuck in he he's stuck in a very uh, bad paradigm. He may be, he may actually care about this country, but I don't know. I can't tell that. He's a smooth talker. We got we got lots of smooth talking individuals. That's the whole point. That's how they get to where they are because of their their ability to be good in media, but they're not good with follow up, and that's the thing with all policymakers. And of course, that's where we're at. We know there is no other. I mean, uh, at this late stage in the game, and, and the thing is, is everything though. By the way, actually has to start from the ground up. You need to know. Uh, I'll end it here. You need to know the people who represent you locally. And I'm talking about the police force, the governor, or not the governor, but the mayors, the town councils, the people who uh, run the school boards, the people who uh, set policy, zoning, health. You need people who, you need all those people to be very, very America uh, uh, driven by constitutional and in in the ability to operate in an open, transparent way. The thing is, is most people don't know who represents them locally. And if they do, they find out a lot of these people are just absolute. They're not very intelligent. They're very corrupt. And they do what they march to a different order set than anybody else. And they don't listen to the public. And they think that they don't think they have to listen to the public. You need to make that abundantly clear that they have to listen to you. So, yeah, that that is uh, ostensibly the really... A key point, you do have to solve your problems locally, very much so. Uh, but we used to be able to, we still have to have uh, the national level. We have to keep the sovereignty of this country together. So it does matter who runs this country or certainly heads this country. But the head of state better get their shit together real quick. I'm going to leave it there. Um, I got to get on out of here. But uh, thank you for listening. And um you try to have a great holiday season, and uh, we'll probably come back here in uh, 2024, hopefully with, uh, well, we'll see where we're at. Uh, God bless the United States of America, and uh, God save the world. <laughs>